Langley Event Center. Your move. Ryan Dimitri. Left wing behind the net. A whole ton. Hardy in the side. Dimitri scores! Are you kidding? Unbelievable! The captain strikes again! Trying to go wide. He's going to step on Schmeeb and Byron to win it. Scores! Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Giant Thoughts uh, podcast. It's been a little while since uh, since we've done one of these. Uh, took a couple of months uh, off there uh, as, uh, as the COVID-19 uh, situation was ever-changing. But, uh, but we're back at it because there was uh, some news this week that we, we couldn't let slide by without uh, doing a podcast. So I'm, I'm pleased to be joined uh, once again by my co-host Stephen Hocko for for a discussion on a pretty significant uh, week. Yeah, kind of a bombshell that hit the whole sports media world in Vancouver. We'll get to that in a bit, but since our last episode, I wish I could tell you guys that much has changed, but <laughs> we're kind of in the same boats, at least personally, since what's it been a few months since our last episode. So personally, I guess we've kind of been the same, just working and trying to keep ourselves busy. Um, we're actually catching a bit of snow in the Vancouver area. It's happening a bit later than usual, but um, so around here that means everything everything's kind of gone nuts. <laughs> nobody nobody knows how to react when the snow comes, but um, yeah, everything's been kind of cool though ever since. Uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, I mean, everything feels like it's changing, but it also feels like it's staying the same. Uh, I mean, I am, I'm personally glad that the you know, I'm I'm still working from home, which means that I have no reason to go out into the <laughs> snow, uh, because, uh, like you said, you know, people people don't know what to do with snow around these parts. Uh, every year we we get uh, a small bit of snow, and every year it's the same thing. People people just don't know what to do. It's 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 funny to watch uh, sometimes. Yeah, luckily it's a long weekend. And luckily, the snow didn't start till yesterday, which was Saturday, so I didn't have to deal with it at work. Um, but I'll have to deal with the whole melting process when it rains inevitably next week, like it always does around here. Um, but yeah, I think we should just hop right into it. Um, obviously, for for those who haven't heard, um, I guess anybody in the BC region that is into the sports would, would already have heard about this, but uh, arguably the biggest sports radio station in the area kind of vanished <laughs> in the middle of the week last week last tuesday um the tsn 1040 radio station is no more um it is now called funny 1040 which is a comedy station <laughs> what are your thoughts on that ben i i mean i think that you know once 650 got the connects rights uh, about four years ago now that that battle was always going to be tough uh, for 1040, but they've been winning that battle consistently. Uh, you know, the ratings went, went sky high, but, you know, 1040 was consistently beating, um, 650 in, in the ratings war, which is what, what matters. So to see 20 years of, uh, sports radio gone in the span of what, an hour, I think, 
from from the time Wade started getting out to to when the official announcement was made it was it was just unfathomable to to see because uh, you know that the legacy that that station leaves behind is incredible. Yeah, we're we're recording on Sunday, which is Valentine's Day. Um, everything kind of went down Tuesday morning. Uh, it started out as a normal day. Just for those who listen to 1040, they had the Halford and Bruff show. Thomas Drams from The Athletic was just on doing his his uh, regular segment. And then I personally wasn't listening at the time. But then out of nowhere, an automated message comes on at about, I want to say it was about 9 or 9.30, was it? Tuesday yeah, morning. yeah. So, so, so what happened? Uh, so so he, here's how that morning played out for me. is uh, So I, I work for, for CKNW. Uh, and I, I'm prepping my show, and then a buddy texts me, and and he he, he sends me a tweet that uh, that says that 10:40 uh, is is you know no more, and so then you tune in to 10:40, and they've got ESPN Radio on, is and that that's when you know something's up, and so that probably went on for about half an hour or so, and. Then at at, uh, at about 9:30, um, the announcement that uh, I'm sure everybody has heard at this point, the the robotic uh, uh, voice uh, comes on and and says that uh, you know 10:40 will be rebranding as of Friday, um, and then they uh, then they go into music for the next uh, four days in a, a particular Green Day song. That uh, that it isn't uh, isn't getting a lot of love from from people. Yeah, it was conveniently enough named "Good Riddance" is one of the other names for it, also known as um, what's it called? What was the other what's the other name is called again? Uh, time blanking. of our lives. Yeah, yeah, time yeah. time of our lives. Yeah, so pretty typical going away song. Um, but just the way everything went down, like we have as the tweets were coming in. Now former Bell Media employees are kind of coming out as to what happened, how it all transpired. And there was listeners of the show that were finding out that guys didn't have jobs anymore before the pe- the guys were finding out themselves, which is completely backwards. I actually, I don't even know how to how I'd be able to deal with that, um, having strangers texting me like, hey, what's going on? Um, the station's not happening anymore, and all these guys are just completely confused, right? Yeah, I mean, I... As, as somebody who, who works in radio and has has seen how these things go, uh, you know, when, when people are unfortunately laid off, uh, you know, I, I think anyone who thought that, that they would have got a, a send-off is, is a bit naive because that's that's just not how uh, media works. Uh, you know, the, the, the corporates are, are afraid that uh, somebody is going to go off on, on a rant, um, on the station, so so that that just doesn't happen um, in radio. But but the way it played out just did not seem seem right to me at all. And I mean, I I think that says a lot about not not just that specific company, but uh, but the way radio uh, handles these things uh, can be can be frustrating uh, to say the least. Yeah, like I it would have like I don't understand why they've felt the need to do it in the middle of the morning show when they clearly had this timed out before the message had a, a precise day and time that the new station is going to start 
So I was just con- kind of confused why they couldn't do it during off-air hours, while they had to do it in the middle of the Halford and Brush show. And in a sense, it's kind of embarrassing for the guys involved in TSM because they're just kind of thrown for a loop mid-show. They don't know what's going on. Um, and it's it's a very unorthodox situation because the TSN 1040 station was Bell Media's second best sports radio station behind Toronto. Um, they're better, they have better ratings than like three or four of their other um, stations across Canada combined. You had a couple of those survive. So it, it's just very misleading. There's a lot of good guys and, and women that work for 1040 that I've kind of had the pleasure to cross paths with, whether it's via Twitter or in person. A lot of those people, they, they're kind of just left hanging. Like, what are we supposed to do now? Yeah, I mean, I, what I really want to focus on on here is, you know, just the the legacy that that station is leaving behind. You know, when when I was, I, I was probably about fifteen, and uh, and you know, we we had the the uh, the annual uh, take your kid to work day, and uh, you know, instead of going to to work with my dad. On a on a construction site, which uh, probably wouldn't have been the best idea uh, uh, for me. I my dad uh, reached out to to 1040 and asked, uh, you know, if I could come in for the day instead, and uh, he said absolutely. So I got to spend the day hanging out with uh, Barry McDonald uh, and and Matt Sakaris and Matt Baker, and that was probably the day that I, I decided that, you know, this radio thing is, is what I want to do. And, you know, there are so many people that have similar stories of being able to, you know, shadow a show there or intern there that have gone on to, you know, bigger and better things, you know, not necessarily at 1040. And, and so those opportunities are less now. I mean, six six fifty does a a great job of of promoting young up and coming broadcasters, but now there's just less opportunity um, for that kind of thing because that's just how the math works. Exactly. the The radio business is it's kind of taking a hit these days with with there being podcasts, live streams, all this kind of stuff that I guess is a would you say is a bit more accessible than radio kind of, and you can go back and listen to whenever you want kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts are definitely way more accessible. You know, I can, I can leave my house. I can download a couple podcasts mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm, I'm set. And you know, that I'll, I'll be honest with you, with you. That's how I am consuming most of my, my audio these days is through podcasts. But, but the other, the problem with, uh, with podcasts is, uh, you know, when the Canucks trade uh, Brock Besser, uh, let's say, yeah. I can't download a podcast in 30 seconds to find out what people are saying mm-hmm. about the Canucks trading Brock Besser. You know, I, I tune into 1040 or 650 to get the instant analysis of, of a huge move like that, of a huge news story, yeah. which is not something you get with podcasts. Uh, you know, podcasts often, by the time they come out, are dated, and that's yeah. something that you lose uh, when you're when you lose out 
a, a big live radio station like 1040 is that live instant uh, reaction. And that's something that 1040 has always been good at over the years, having callers call in, give their immediate opinions, whether it's right after a Canucks game on the drive home, you're listening to these fans, what what their plans are to fix the team and how they can make the, how they can make the Canucks a Stanley Cup championship team. Um, I'm I'm personally I'm going to miss 1040 quite a bit. It was I don't like picking sides, but over the years it's always been my preferred station. Even before the 650 came along, um, I, you know I'd always listen to the Bro Jake show in the mornings with my dad on the way to to school with him and Dave Pratt having their <laughs> their regular spats at each other, which was always fun to listen to. Um, Donnie and the Moj. Halford and Brough, all these guys is that's the guys that we've I've kind of grown up listening to throughout the years um, while becoming a Canucks fan, while becoming more of more of a media side kind of guy, um, just learning throughout the years what works and what doesn't in radio or media, and all, these are all guys I look up to, and now they're they're unemployed. Um, a lot of them I don't think for long. Um, we heard Jeff Patterson on the most recent episode of the Vancasts. Um, this whole thing, it hits them hard. It, it's a guy that you don't usually see show emotion. And if anybody hasn't listened to the, the most recent Badcast episode, I definitely um, I definitely recommend it. Jeff kind of goes into depth about what that whole job at TSN meant to him, how he returned there after getting laid off by the same company five years prior. Um, yeah, it just... And he, Jeff Patterson's a kind of guy that he's going to land on his feet no problem in the media world. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind he's going to find another job, whether it's a big role with the Athletic or 650 takes him or something. But I'm more, I'm more gutted for the lower, the not I don't want to say lower level, but the the people behind the scenes that you don't see as often. Those are the people I I feel the worst for is because they're going to have the toughest times trying to find jobs. People, people like the producers or the, um, just the yeah I, I don't know the exact job title names but all these behind the scenes guys that i think a lot of them are gonna have a hard time finding jobs in this industry because like you said it's already dwindling as it is and that's one less place to get a job yeah and, and i want to go back to, to to jeff patterson for a second because so when i i was first starting out uh in this industry i i interned at on sakaris and price at right. at 10 40 and, and i was an intern there the day that that jeff patterson got laid off uh, yeah. Along with um, Perry Solkowski, who was at CTV, and I believe uh, Scott Rintoul was was laid off the same day, and and so I was in the room when when Patterson came in, and and told uh, you know Sakaris and Price what had just happened. This mm-hmm. is uh, you know middle of their show, middle of a commercial break. Uh, he comes in and and everybody. You know, was was obviously upset. Patterson yeah. uh, was upset. But but the words that that he said to me as he as he was leaving uh, uh, are something that that stick with me still. Five years later, he said, uh, you, "You know, this this is a tough day in this industry, and it's not a fun day for me. But I I just want to make sure that you know this doesn't." deter you from from going into this industry because this industry can be can be fun when it's at its best and it can mm-hmm. also be be shitty for for lack, lack of a better word yeah. uh on a day like this and and you know that's that's something that 
that has uh, stuck with me for for all these years. And and to the to the point about the the people behind the scenes uh, that that you don't hear about, you know, the the Andrew Wadens, the the Ryan Hendersons, uh, mm-hmm. the Ian McClechies, those guys are the ones that I'm thinking about. But I but I'm also thinking about you know the people like Chantal Chan, uh, who is I would say the the best up and coming sports broadcaster in the city who has yeah. had she, she just got her own show a month yeah. ago and yeah. and she's now had that opportunity ripped from from her hands and i i think of somebody like uh, you know rob fay who, mm-hmm. who has again been been you know somebody that, that i've looked up to and, and had the opportunity uh to meet um you know he's he's another guy that you know, has to find a way back in after not too long ago getting getting the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you mentioned Rob. He's been nothing but great to. I, I don't know how many personal experiences you've had with him, but he's been great to me every time I deal with him. Um, I don't think he'll have a problem finding a job. I think he'll find something with the Canadians, whether it's through Sportsnet or through the team directly. Um, that he's actually kind of my only personal experience I have with the ten, with TSN 1040 being on the station um, back in, back when I was doing the Bosher project we had they had a he had a few of us on for his his late night show which was really cool that was my first time being on 1040 and it was my only time so that's that's kind of my my biggest 1040 memory personally was being able to finally be on that station that I've been listening to for years and it was a very surreal moment and that's something that I guess I'll cherish even more now that it's not even an existing thing anymore. So, yeah, like you said, Chantel, she was just kind of blossoming into her own. She had her own show finally coming, and now she's kind of got to, I don't know, start all over or convert everything to basically doing a podcast or so- something along those lines. But, um, yeah, it's Jeff kind of Jeff Patterson, he kind of reiter- reiterated those words to me a few days ago that he told you. I reached out to him about all this a couple of days later. Um, and his words were kind of were were saying it's a unrelenting business, but it can also be an incredible career, is what he said. So it kind of kind of echoes what he told you way back then, and it still it still applies to now in 2021. Yeah, and and you know, talking about about the future of this business, you know, I think you know someone like Chantal Chan is the future of the business. It's it's all about innovating. And, and I come back to the story. I, I had the opportunity uh, to meet Jim Robson uh, a few years ago. And and everybody knows Jim Robson as, you know, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. But before uh, he did Canucks uh, play-by-play, he, he did baseball, uh, which is something I didn't know until I oh. met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he told me this incredible story uh, that, that – he when he was a, a baseball play-by-play guy, he wasn't in the in the stadium to, to do to do play-by-play, and and technology wasn't what it is now, so he didn't have a monitor that he could watch the game on. There, there was a guy in the studio or in, in the stadium rather mm-hmm. who would feed him on like a it, it's called a teletype machine. But it's basically a fax machine, is what it is. Right. Would feed him, you know, a line, you know, uh, Edwin Encarnacion uh, strikes out, or 
or flies out. Um, mm -hmm. So all uh, Jim Robson would have to go on is this one little line describing <laughs> <laughs> what, what had just happened in the game. And he'd have to fill in the blanks. He'd have to paint his own picture of it. <laughs> yeah. And and so uh, that that to me is just mind blowing. And and um so, so the best part of this story is eventually a listener caught on that uh, <laughs> that uh, you know one plus one wasn't equaling two yeah. uh there were two instances actually where where Jim got caught. The, the first instance was they couldn't um, have real audio of the PA announcer in the mm -hmm. stadium, which you you'd normally hear in the background. Yeah. yeah. So so they had one of the employees at at CKNW, um, or I don't I don't know if it was CKNW actually, but one of the employees uh, was doing the voice of the PA announcer. And yeah. so Buddy, who's finally caught on, calls into the, the station. And he says, uh, you know, why do you guys have the same PA announcer for every single game? Didn't it be, uh, you know, a different different guy? Yeah. And, and so that was the, the first time he was caught. Yeah. But then the second time he was caught um, was, was in a game. Uh, the guy who was feeding the information only fed them two outs in an inning. <laughs> everybody was wondering what happened. And and everybody was wondering, you know, where's the third out? Mm. And and they couldn't figure out, you know, what had happened to, to yeah. the third out. And and the point of the point of the story to, to get back to what we're talking about is, you know, that's that's absolutely incredible to to think about now that that's that's yeah. the way they th they did things back then, but that's just the way they did things, and the way that you know I do things now is go is probably going to seem crazy in mm -hmm. about twenty five or thirty years from now, and and so it's it's all about innovating and finding new ways to do the same thing, and and the guys at at ten forty you know are great at doing that. So, so I would say that you know the majority of them will be okay, mm -hmm. and it, it's it's just a reflection of how of how this this industry is changing, and and I, I don't know if it if it's for for the good when you, when you're losing a legacy station like that. Yeah, that was that was a good story. I actually didn't know that he was a baseball player play guy either. <laughs> it also it also shows how important the people behind the microphone or behind the the TV screen are with because he that, that guy was literally his lifeline to make him a play-by-play -play guy because he wasn't in the stadium so that just shows how how big of a role the behind the scenes people have and you yeah, know that firsthand yeah. yeah i mean it, it's just it's just crazy to think about you know not having a play-by-play -play guy actually yeah. watch the game so they were like always a half inning behind behind the yeah. game because that's how long it took buddy to to see the information, and and that's just that's just crazy. Um, but that's the way they did things, and it, it just shows you know how how much this in industry can change and how much it's it's probably going to change uh, down the road. Exactly. And looking at it another way, 
we're actually not too far off of that still because if you remember from the first the first hockey night in Canada game the Canucks had, they had all they, they had the announcers that weren't even at the game trying to trying to do the game. So everything was a couple seconds off. Everything was a couple seconds off. So you, you heard the goal being scored, but you didn't see it until a couple seconds later because of COVID and all that. Um, the guys weren't actually in the rink watching. So it was kind of, in a sense, we're kind of reverting back a little bit um, with all this COVID stuff, everybody not being allowed in the rinks as much anymore. But nonetheless, that's a good story. I didn't I didn't know that about Jim Robson. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's all about adapting now because, you know, these these guys won't we, – we've already adapted so much in this last year. You know, if you, if you told me a year ago – that I'd be producing radio shows yeah. fr- from my bedroom, I would have told you that you were friggin' nuts because exactly. I didn't think that, that something like that would be possible. And, you know, not only have we had people producing from home, we, we've we had um, hosts hosting from home. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just incredible what, what technology allows us to do uh, these days. And, and, you know, it's just it just changes so fast, and uh, and to see to see a, a legacy station like 1040 go down uh, like this uh, has been been uh, a sad week because uh, you know they they didn't lose jobs because they weren't good at what they did. Yeah, they lost jobs because um, so, somebody in in Toronto. Uh, was clenching the budget and, and needed to make some cuts. And, and that's an unfortunate uh, part of, of this business. Yeah, unfortunately, when, when you're working for a multi-billion dollar company like that, you you kind of just turn into a number or a name. There's no, there's no personal... There's no personal feel to that, to that anymore with, those, with the people making all these decisions. For, for them back east, it's just... Oh, as simple as that. It's not feasible anymore. It doesn't make sense for us to run it. So let's just cut it. No problem. Um, but yeah, it affects hundreds of people in different ways. And it's still kind of a shock. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Sportsnet 650 does to kind of capitalize on being the, the big dog now. Um, it'll also be interesting to see where all these guys and all these guys and girls end up over time, whether it's, like I said, whether it's back at 650, whether it's, I've also I was actually talking to a couple of my buddies and they were talking about maybe a couple of them go down south of the border to Seattle and start and become part of the coverage when when they when they start up again. So who knows? It's but like you said, it's a very very sad time for this market because a lot of people relied on that station every day to to get their sports fix um, to keep <laughs> to probably keep their mental health up to par because some of those shows they it wasn't just sports shows they had they had comedy to them they had personality to them. Um, and just, it's just, yeah, it's a sad time, but, um, I think we've, we've talked enough on that. Um, obviously we hope for the best for everybody that was kind of affected by that. Um, we know there's a lot of good people that will, that will land on their feet just fine. It's just a matter of how long it'll take, but I think we should shift gears now to more what this podcast covers, which is the Western Hockey League, where We've obviously we've had some news over the last few months since we've had a show. Um, three out of the four divisions have gotten approval to to play some sort of a hub, play in some sort of a hub, and play their their 24 game schedule. Um, 
lucky enough for us, that's every division except the one that we're that we cover, <laughs> which is the BC division. We're still waiting on the BC division to to get that approval. Hey. Yeah, I mean, we we're what the just under two weeks away from from WHL games actually being played in in the Central Division. Um, but yeah, still waiting on on word um, for for what what's in store for for the BC Division. You know, you know we've we've heard uh, rumors that uh, you know they're they're looking at uh, a hub in Kelowna and Kamloops, which I mean makes sense because um, that's what they're doing in in Regina is uh, is hubbing everyone uh, in in Regina for for the uh, Saskatchewan and Manitoba teams. Um, so so I think hub makes makes sense, but I I don't know what sort of uh, what sort of timeline we are uh, because you know as it stands right now. Uh, with the the current COVID nineteen restrictions, you know we've been on a on a just two more weeks kind of thing yeah. for for what feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the restrictions get extended every two weeks, but but the last time they were extended, it's kind of extended until mm-hmm. further notice. Yeah. So so what does that mean for the WHL? You know. Uh, there are either going to to have to be exceptions um, made for for the league, or there or the restrictions will have to be lifted um, um, in order for the the WHL to play this season. And and just to to go back to to our discussion about 1040, because there's there's one thing we we didn't uh, touch on is you know the broadcast rights um, of the Vancouver Giants. Right. Um, because you know they they started out on on 10:40. Rick Dollywall was the original play-by-play man uh, for the the Vancouver Giants, and and he was let go this week. Mm-hmm. And so you know you've got the Canucks are on 6:50, the Giants are on 6:50, the Vancouver Canadians are on 6:50, uh, the BC Lions need somewhere to go now. Vancouver Whitecaps need somewhere to go now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't leave a lot of airtime for the Vancouver Giants. Uh, you know, they're they're already bumped to to online uh, somewhat frequently as it is, and that's going to just happen more now and, and lead to uh, less exposure for the team when things when things finally start up again. Yeah, it's definitely that's part of what I kind of what I said. A couple minutes ago, it affects hundreds of different people in certain ways. Like with 1040 leaving, that like you said, that's going to take away from the Giants' radio airtime. Um, right now, they're only competing with the Canucks, which is still a big competitor, obviously, but it's only one competitor. Now you have two other pro teams in the area that are looking for radio rights, and chances are 650 is probably going to be the one that gets them because there's no other sports station anymore unless another local station steps up or for whatever or something happens some magic magic happens and the, and the giants aren't getting slotted in the third or fourth spot depending on the viewership i guess but yeah that that kind of that kind of puts the giants in the in the streaming category you're not going to be hearing them much on the radio you're going to have to listen to them online um which is unfortunate because at the level of hockey that the WHL is at it's 
it's it doesn't deserve that kind of treatment to to never get any kind of coverage in such a big market here um so yeah it's it's kind of an unfortunate time it seems like just when the giants may be doing good or might be getting more coverage they just kind of take take two steps back um i remember last year one specific uh one specific incident where or not incident but um the giants had just won their 10th straight game in a row and they were the talk of the town for a whole maybe 20 30 minutes and then the canucks came out with the news that they had just traded for tyler to and the giants were put on the back burner again so if if that's happening with only one competitor in the in the canucks how do you think they'll fare when the bc lions are into play the white caps are into play because it, you can't it can't help it it's just the pro football and pro soccer are going to be a bigger turnout than junior hockey in this market unfortunately yeah i mean i mean in fairness, for the longest time, that was the way things were before 650 uh, mm-hmm. came along. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was everybody on on one station. But but then you didn't see the Giants on 1040 a lot. You know, sometimes you'd, you'd get them on 1410 uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you were lucky. Uh, but it, it just doesn't... Doesn't bode well um, for the Giants because you know the the Canucks will always, always, always take top uh, yeah. priority. In, they can in go zero. Market. They can go to zero and eighty-two, and the Giants can be sixty-eight and zero, and it'd still be the the Canucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then when when you throw in the Lions and and the Whitecaps, you know the the Lions don't always fill BC place, but there are a ton of people in this market. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are interested in that team? Uh, and and f- from what I know, you know they do quite well uh, on on broadcast, both on TV and radio. And and the Whitecaps, you know, there are a lot of people that are huge fans of the Whitecaps in this market. Mm-hmm. And you know the Giants will will probably I it pains me to say this, but they will go back to being that hidden gem that. That nobody really knows about because nobody nobody hears them on the radio, and and yeah. that's that's sad and unfortunate uh, because you know the Giants do play really good hockey, and I I am looking um no looking to nothing more uh, than you know when it when Doctor Bonnie finally says you know a okay you guys can go back to the Langley Event Center. Uh, the, because the Giants are just so much fun to watch, and and it'll be unfortunate, you know, if they if they fade into into the distance uh, when it comes to to being at the top of a sports fan uh, mind in in this this market. Yeah, exactly. Junior hockey's already been dying down here in the last decade or so, and this this probably doesn't help, but. Um... It's kind of a bit of negative talk from us, but it just seems like that's just the realistic way it's going to go. With right now, there's only one station and there's four teams, so and they're the only and they're the only ones not really getting paid to. <laughs> they're the only not non-professional teams, so it's just the way it goes. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of what we wanted to come in for um, first time in a few months. Talk about the big news in our area in the sports media world. Um, kind of talk a bit about the WHL return, 
Obviously, the Central Division has the hub setter in Regina that just got approved. Um, the Central Division, they're not doing a hub style, but as as we've seen the Red Deer Rebels, they chose to have all their players um, be housed in the arena throughout the suites and all that. Um, the Calgary Hitmen and the Edmonton Royal Kings, they're, gonna, they're not going to be able to play in their home arenas, obviously, because they share with the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. So due to COVID restrictions, that's not feasible to do both teams again. And then for the U.S. division, they got the approval long ago, even though they were probably the ones that should be the last ones to get approval with how the numbers and everything are going down there. But then again, not shocking that they got the approval pretty quick. But one question that is kind of left unanswered so far is where the Portland Winterhawks are playing, because obviously they're not part of the state of Washington that was given the approval to play. Um, so yeah, that kind of leaves the question where is one of the team, where's one of the league's most powerhouse teams going to play their hockey for their 24 game season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that as things stand right now, you know, that there's nothing set in stone. I think they're still trying to get permission from uh, the governor of Oregon to, to let them play. And I, I don't know if, if that's going to happen from, from what I, I've heard, you know, the, the restrictions in, in Oregon are, are pretty strict, so so it's probably not likely. So mm-hmm. uh, you know you you could see them move up to 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 Washington State, and and you know they they could end up sharing a rink with uh, maybe the, the Tri City Americans or or the mm-hmm. Seattle Thunderbirds, and and how weird would that be? Uh, you know, for the Winterhawks to yeah. to share a rink with with one of their their biggest rivals. Yeah, I think Vancouver, Washington also has a decent size rink they could use, but uh, that's just been kind of swirled around. But yeah, um, well, we kind of we kind of got a taste of it in the NHL bubble last spring, last summer, when all the teams were were playing together in the same rink. So I guess it, it would be kind of weird with all the crossing paths and everything, and you're play- and those are literally the only teams you're going to be playing is the U.S. division. So it'd definitely be a lot of animosity walking through the hallways or walking through the practice facilities because it's just there's no avoiding each other when you're when you're playing in the same rink and you guys have the same kind of schedule so it would definitely be kind of interesting um it would make i think it would probably make for even better u.s division games which usually isn't a concern anyways those division games are usually more than exciting so um yeah that would definitely be cool to kind of see um hopefully that's the question that gets answered soon seeing as like you said this schedule is supposed to start here in a couple weeks um yeah it wouldn't surprise me to see them kind of share a rink um because that's one less place teams have to travel to and so it makes it a little bit i guess a little bit safer in the grand scheme of things yeah and and you know what there's there's been so much negativity in in the last year and and we've we've been guilty of it too uh and and I'm just looking forward to having having something positive uh, mm-hmm. to talk about here in, in a few in a matter of a few weeks. You know, we we've seen we've seen great things. Uh, you know, there there has been been positive. Uh, you know, Bowen Byram looks like a, a stud on mm-hmm. on the Avalanche uh, blue line, so so he won't be coming back to to Vancouver. Uh, yeah. When when this thing uh, starts up finally and. Uh, that kind of sucks too. That kind of sucks too with that kind of sucks. Sorry to cut you off. That kind of sucks too with Byron because we never us as Giants 
supporters or Giants fans or people that cover the team, we didn't really get that, oh, this is the last time we're ever going to see Byram play in a Giants uniform. The, the last the last game that the Giants played, honestly, I don't even, I can't even remember what the last game was, but when that kind of sucks because with a player like Bowen Byram's caliber where I'm willing to say that he's the best player the Giants have ever had. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but um, having a player of that caliber and not really knowing that's the last time you're going to watch him play, it's kind of frustrating, but it's awesome to see that he's ma- that he's thriving at the next level already. And like you were about to mention there before, I, I cut you off about Trent Minor there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would just echo that with, with, with Byer. You know, it's unfortunate that, that he didn't get, you know, a proper send-off, and, and he may not have have ever gotten that, that proper send-off because, you know, I think that they were they were legitimate questions coming into this this season of, of whether or not he'd make the avalanche and mm-hmm. and and come back or come back to Vancouver and he's he's uh, proven that, that you know he is a legit NHLer now and, and I'm thrilled to see him on the Avalanche blue line. But also, you know, a, a kid like Trent Miner is making his his professional debut with uh, the Colorado Eagles tonight as as we're recording the, this podcast and you know there there's positives out there at th- things things feel like you know it's we're kind of stuck in in the mud so to say but but there's also bits of positivity and and these next uh few weeks i think are i i going we're going to be able to have some fun again watching uh some of the best uh talent coming out of out of western canada in in these next couple of weeks yeah and uh to piggyback on that there's also one more i guess he's former giant now that's also kind of thriving in the pro ranks that's david tendick he's enjoying a pretty decent first year pro hockey in the east coast league with the rapid city rush he's gotten to 13 games with uh goals against average and a 9.13 save percentage. So that's very, that sounds about right with the numbers we saw, saw him in a Giants jersey. So it's great to see that even during these uncertain times that there is some current and former Giants that are, are still getting their shot to play pro hockey. And it's nice to see Trent Miner get that chance tonight too. He kind of had a, a bit of a, uh, not really a bounce. He had the opposite of a bounce back season, I guess he had a great draft year. Um, obviously got drafted by Colorado. Then last this past season, he kind of took a bit of a step back. Um, he struggled a bit more than what everybody was kind of anticipating. But to see him getting minutes in the AHL is huge uh, for when he eventually does come back to the Giants and when play does happen, that he'll have a bit of pro experience under his belt. Because this season coming up, whenever it starts for the BC division, that's going to be his first year as a number one in the WHL. So coming into that with already having played pro hockey, that's going to be huge. Yeah, and and you know what I think that this is a a good place to to end the pod looking looking ahead um to to what uh, what the future holds um because uh, you know I'm I'm quite excited to see what what Byram does and what our our last guest uh on the pod Justin Sordiff uh does mm-hmm. when he when he comes back to to the Giants uh and I I think uh, you know, there we're we're going to. I, I'm going to make a promise here. It won't be four months before uh, our next episode. I will guarantee you that that we yeah. will do another pod 
before before four months from now, uh, I I know that's a small promise to make, but but I, I think mm-hmm. that that the the future uh, th- there is a light at the end of this tunnel, the, and the the future looks looks exciting uh, for the giants, and and uh, you know uh, we we will be doing this part uh, uh, more regularly uh, than than we have been. Yeah, and once like I said, and once the Giants and the BC division get the approval to start, we'll obviously do some some season previews, maybe some player previews, just kind of get some predictions out there, just kind of kind of the typical stuff that you usually do before a season starts. Um, it's just as of late, there obviously there hasn't been anything for us in our region to talk about in WHL. Um, so yeah, I definitely expect when when the Giants are getting that okay to play, that we'll be back in a more regular. In a more regular schedule with back with guests and and talk keeping up with the team and everything like that. Um, so for all you loyal listeners out there, keep keep your ear out. We're going to be back. Um, yeah, like you said, we're not going to take another. I think uh, the end of October is the last episode. So yeah, we'll we'll try to make it a bit more frequent than every few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and and I, I think that that will do it for us uh, for us today. So you know, if you've if you've been subscribed. Uh, to the podcast, I, uh, we certainly appreciate uh, your, your subscription. And, and if you're not uh, not subscribed already, you can find the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find uh, your favorite podcasts. And uh, and if you're able to, uh, you know, leave us a a five star rating or a review and and tell us what you think about the pod. And uh, and don't forget to. Uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, and I, I always screw up the Twitter <laughs> username, so I'm gonna let you promo uh, the Twitter username because I I can't uh, I can never seem to get that one right. <laughs> it's giant underscore thoughts is our Twitter handle. Um, the account obviously hasn't been very alive in the last few months because we haven't done anything with it, but expected to everything to kind of come come more alive here as the 24 game WHL season gets gets underway for us here on the West Coast. So. Yeah, with that, um, I'm Steven. And I'm Ben, and you've been listening to Giant Thoughts, the podcast.